Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray before we get started. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the wonderful, mighty, majestic name of Jesus. And thank you, Father, that as we learn about the use of this name and the application of this name to our life, that we not only learn practicality of how to use it and what to do with it, but we also see Jesus. We see him for who he is, that he would be lifted up in all that we say. And so I thank you for anointing me to do that. Thank you so much for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, as we read that opening text, we see that Jesus, through his obedience, obtained a name that is above every name. And it says at that name, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. And if we st- as we studied over the last two lessons that we've taught on this, that name has the ability to release miracle working power in our lives, mountain moving power in our lives, problem eradicating power in our lives when we use the name of Jesus. But it requires us to use it with proper application and proper faith. And so as we look at uh, uh, using that name properly, we've really been studying on the name of Jesus to understand that. And one of the things we pointed out is that that name can release such power because it has been given authority or because Jesus has been given authority and that name represents who he is. What do we mean by that? Well, authority means the right to use power, right? Or the right to use might. And so that name has the right to release God's power into the earth. And so when we use that name, that's why Jesus said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And so we we studied in a previous message about the authority that was given to Jesus. But what we find to be true is, is that for that name to work properly, we have to have faith in that name. It doesn't, you know, uh, because as we read through the book of Acts, we actually find out, (laughs) <laughs> that there were, there were uh, these guys that did exorcisms as Jews. Um, and, and they saw that Paul was, you know, laying hands on people and speaking the name of Jesus, and they were being, people were being delivered from demonic power. Uh, but then what happened was um, these guys decided, well, we're going to try that. How many of you know just trying that, you know, hey, y'all watch this is not a Christian principle, right? You know, we, were at, we went to the beach this week, and in the back it had the pool rules. It only had one rule. It says you're not allowed to do anything that says, hey, y'all, check this out. Uh, so the reality is, is that, you know, um, we're not here to just try things. We're here to do what the Word of God says. And so Paul was using the name of Jesus because he had spent time understanding about it. And, and God had spoken to Jesus had visited him, actually, spoke to him about it, all those different things. But these guys were like, oh, you know, magic, you know, rabbit's foot. Let's just use the name of Jesus. And, the Bible, and the, what the scripture says is, is when they tried to cast that demon out, the, the guy that had the demon leapt on them, beat them up, stripped them, and they left naked, the first streakers ever in the history of the world. 
because they used the name of Jesus wrong, correct? Uh, so uh, so they, didn't, they didn't know the application of it. They didn't understand it. So what we're trying to do is understand how to use, how to use the name of Jesus and exercise our faith in it. And we see that, that, is, that, that faith is required to use that name properly as we read the scripture here in Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb, so he had been crippled his whole life from birth, was carried, uh, was carried whom they laid at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple, who seen, Jesus, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So he asked for money. And fixing his eyes on him with Pete, John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive th something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Notice he used the name of Jesus, and this man was able to walk. How many of you realize this is not Aesop's fables that we're reading? This is the scripture. And if we really believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, then we have to believe that this also happened. Because if we don't, if we think this is just a parable, this is just a book, well, then guess what? Everything else is. So if you really believe in Jesus, then you have to believe that this happened. Just like you have to believe that, you know, uh, Noah built an ark. I was going to say Moses built an ark. I mean, you know, Moses didn't build the ark. Noah built an ark, right? And there was a flood. You have to believe those things because that's what the scripture says. And what it says here is through the use of the name of Jesus, this man was healed. But notice what specifically brought the power to heal. As we go down to Acts chapter, 13, uh, chapter 3 and verse 6, it says through faith in the name of Jesus. Everybody say faith in the name of Jesus. So notice it requires faith in the name of Jesus. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So notice what, what Peter said there. He said it is through faith in the name, right? It's not just using the name, but it's through using the name mixed with faith and belief that that name will produce that power to bring about healing. And so in this series, what we're doing is we're hearing God's word to help build faith in us about the name of Jesus. Sometimes we, you know, we sing about Jesus, we talk about Jesus, but if you don't take the time sometimes to build your faith in a certain area, it slips, it wanes. I've always said, you know, we're like, you know, buckets with holes. We leak, Right? So you have to go back and refresh your memory. And that's what this series is here to do, is to really build your faith up so that you believe that the name of Jesus will truly do what Jesus said it would do, right? Now, the last time we were together, what we talked about is that we can use the name of Jesus in prayer to receive whatsoever and anything we ask. That seems almost incredulous to say it. But John chapter 14 and verse 13 says, And whatsoever you shall ask, and we pointed out in the last <coughs> message that that word uh, ask means to demand or decree in this particular verse. So whatsoever you shall demand and decree in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall demand or ask and decree anything in my name, I will do it. 
Now, how many of you realize Jesus didn't lie? He told the truth. And what he said is, is if you will demand and decrease something in my name mixed with faith, as we've seen, right? He said, I will do it. I'll do it. Not you. You don't have to do it. He'll do it, right? And it goes on to say in John chapter 16, in another type of prayer that he was talking about, he says, and in that day you shall ask or humbly request me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask or humbly request the Father in my name, he will give it to. Hitherto you've asked or humbly requested nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So in this instance, we're not demanding and decreeing. We're not, you know, how many remember when Jesus, he told the um, wind and the waves to stop? And they stopped, right? Well, how many of you realize when he said stop, peace be still, he didn't have to say in Jesus' name because he was Jesus, right? But we have the same ability to use his name to do things, to demand and decree. And he said, if you do that, I'll do it. I'll stand behind it. But in this verse, he's talking about praying and asking the Father for things. How many of you realize there are things you don't have in your life right now? Certain things that he hasn't said are yours already that you need to ask him for, right? How many of you realize last week we didn't have $44,000 to pay for an HVAC yet? So we needed as a church family to come together and ask him for it in the name of Jesus. And notice what it says will happen. It says, hitherto you've asked humbly, you've never, never humbly requested anything in my name, but ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. It says he will give it to you. So what we learned last week is we can ask for whatsoever and anything if we do it in faith and he will do it for us. Either Jesus will do it or God the Father will grant the request. Amen? Amen. And so what I pointed out last week is we sort of get to, or two, or two weeks ago when we were together. By the way, how many of you enjoy Doug McGee? How many of you think we should have him back on occasion? Doug's a great guy. He was my roommate. I, I, I love him. I'm so grateful he came to fill in. But, you know, two weeks ago before he was here, we talked about, I, what I said was we actually get the ability to write checks in Jesus' name. You know, if I gave you my checkbook, and I said, hey, you could go write, and, and if I had millions of dollars in it, uh, I, I, mean, I don't right now, but I'm, I'm standing and believing I do. <laughs> but I said, here's my million-dollar checkbook, right? Go write whatever check you want. Just sign my name, and you can have the check. How many of you realize I'd have to stand behind that? Well, that's what Jesus gave us the right to do. He said, you use my name, and you ask for whatsoever anything you want. And some people say, well, does that mean I can ask for anything? Whatsoever his name would have a stamp on, Right? How many of you realize if you're asking for the death of your enemies, his stamp ain't on that. So you can't ask for that. And he won't do that. So, you know, whatsoever and anything doesn't mean just ambiguously everything, right? It has to be things that his signature would be on. How many of you realize you can't ask for things greedily, right? But how many of you realize if you want something nice in your life and there's no greed involved and nobody's going to be harmed from it, you can ask God humbly for it because he's your father and use the name of Jesus and you can stand in faith and he will grant it. Right? See, some people would say, well, maybe sometimes he just answers. That's not what those verses said we just read. Those verses said if you ask in his name, he will do it. Right? So we need to stand on his word. So today what I want to talk to you about uh, is really a little bit more to build your faith upon the name of Jesus. I've titled today's message, His Name Shall Be Called Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verse 31 and Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, we see here where angels appeared to Mary and Joseph and told them specifically what to name him. 
It says, And behold, this angel said to Mary, You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He said specifically call him Jesus, right? It goes on to say in Matthew 1.21, the angel as he appeared to Joseph to reassure him that Mary hadn't been unfaithful, he said, And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from his sins. So the angel specifically declared that Jesus' name would be Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. You know, in Eastern culture, names had meaning when you named them. As a matter of fact, one of the things that's really interesting to do as you read the Old Covenant, as you read through the Old Testament and you see the name of someone, look up what their name meant. Go into the original name and see what it meant. Oftentimes you'll realize that they were named something and wound up becoming what they were named <laughs> before they were ever acting like what they were named. Sort of like God called Abraham. He changed his name to Abraham, right? Father of many nations before he was a father. That tells us that we need to call things that be not as though they were in our lives, right? That's why we need to say we already have the money in Jesus' name. We believe we have it in Jesus' name. Maybe not physically, but I believe I have the money. Amen? Amen. And what it goes on to say here in Eastern, what we've talking about here is Eastern culture ascribes identity to a name. So what does the name of Jesus mean? That name Jesus means actually this. This is the actual literal meaning of Jesus. It means Jehovah is salvation. So what they told Mary and Joseph was, you need to name him Jesus because he is going to embody the word salvation. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I've said this, if you've been in this church very long or been here many years, you've heard me say this time and time again. That word saved there is an all-inclusive word. It is not a word that just talks about the forgiveness of sins, although it certainly incorporates that. Matter of fact, the angel told Joseph, he said, call him Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Aren't you glad you've been saved from your sins? Aren't you glad that your salvation isn't resting upon your ability to be perfect, but it's resting upon him and what he's done for us, amen? He has saved us from our sins. So when we call upon the name of Jesus, it brings salvation from our sins, but it brings even so much more than that. But how many of you realize before you even get to the more than that, you got to know that to be saved from your sins, that's the only name you can call upon to be saved from your sins. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, there is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So what that tells us is that the name of Jesus is the, be the banner to which we need to bend our knee, right? It is the only name that can save us. Jeho uh, Muhammad can't save us. Buddha can't save us, right? The universe, as everybody talks about today, which is stupid, can't save us, right? There's only one name that can save us. Some people say, well, that's a pretty narrow-minded way. Narrow -minded way. Well, then it's narrow-minded. I don't care, but that's what Jesus said, and that's what, <laughs> that's what he said. It's the only way. And you want to know why it's the only way? Because he's the only one that lived a perfect life that died for our sins to eradicate our sins. Nobody else can accomplish, could accomplish that. And so there's only one name to be saved, but as I said, that word salvation encompasses so much more. That word salvation means these words. I'm going to go over it again. I hammer this all the time. Salvation means to save. It means to keep safe and sound. How many of you like to be safe and sound? 
to rescue from danger or destruction. How many ever been in a bad spot before? How many like to be rescued from it? Well, that word salvation means to be rescued. Other definitions in Strong's Concordance, to save from injury or peril, right? You ever been injured before, need to get healed? He saves from that, right? Matter of fact, we need to keep Bev Long in our prayers. He was in a car accident, had a hematoma on his leg, but how many of you realize the name of Jesus, the name above every name, can save from an injury, right? Everybody's wondering, I see question, he's okay. Uh, he, he just had a re, got rear-ended and he's got a little hematoma on his leg and they're just taking care of that, but he's just fine. But we need to pray and believe God for a speedy recovery for him. Another, another uh, word for salvation is to save a suffering one from suffering specifically. It says this in Strong's Concordance. I didn't make this up. Suffering from disease to make well, to heal, to restore to health. How many of you have been sick before and want to be saved? Amen. That name of Jesus brings that kind of salvation. It says to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save from rescue, to make whole and complete, so nothing is lacking. How many of you realize when we call upon the name of Jesus, when things are lacking, the lacking has to go as it gets filled? Amen? But we got to have faith in that. we got to build our faith in that. We've got to believe that instead of believing the religious lies. Well, you know, sometimes he just wants me to go through it, struggle. Sometimes that's just the cross God's given me to bear. Well, you, you believe that way, that's exactly what you get. Right? But if you'll stand on the scripture and dig your heels in sooner or later, he don't always settle up on Friday, he don't always settle up on the end of the month. But if you stand on that word and you will not relent in your whole, and if you're not perfect in it, ask God to forgive you and dig your heels back in. Right? He will make that which is lacking complete. And then the last one is to cause to do well. How many of you just want your life to do well? then just speak the name of Jesus over your life every day. Lord, thank you for the name of Jesus and the banner that I live under that things go well for me, right? You know, some people, they don't live that way, you know. Well, you know, if anything go wrong, it's going to go wrong. Not me. Why? Because I stand on the name of Jesus. And he says he'll cause things to go well with you. Does that mean you don't have problems? Certainly I have problems. But he said in the world you'll have, tri have, you'll have troubles and tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have over. What was he saying? He said, you'll have problems, but if you'll stick with me, you'll overcome. Amen? Amen. And so we've seen the name of Jesus invoked. We employ all of heaven to release. We release all these things in our life. Healing, health, power. We release power to deliver. We release power to heal. We release power to pull you out of a pit. We, re we release power to, re to, to, to set you free from anything that requires saving. We release power to set you free from anything that requires changing. We release the power of God when we use the name of Jesus. And we see this in Isaiah's prophetic declaration that the name of Jesus employs so much more than just salvation from our sins. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice that it says his name, singular, shall be called all of these things. The phrasing of this in Isaiah chapter 9 is different than the phrasing of when he spoke to Mary and Joseph. When he spoke to Mary and Joseph, he said, you call him Jesus. 
But in this verse it says, His name shall be called something. So what Isaiah is doing is he's saying that's not necessarily going to be his specific name, but he said all of these attributes will describe his name. All of these attributes will tell us who he is. He says he shall be called. Basically he's saying that the name of Jesus shall be characterized by all of these other names. The name of Jesus shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's saying that in the name of Jesus, all this is wrapped up in it. When you call upon it, matter of fact, that word says shall be called. If you look up that word shall be called, one of the translations is, it says it means to summon or to call forth. His name shall summon or call forth these attributes in your life when you speak it with faith that it's doing that. What are those attributes? Musicians, you can come. I told you this would be a short one. What are, what are those attributes we invoke? You would think I go away for a week and I come back with like a three-hour message. And I'm on the beach seeking God, walking, looking for answers. What do you, and and this, is, this is what he gave me, this little concise thing for you this morning. And I kept meditating on it saying, Lord, it's got to be more, got to be more. There's nothing more we need than the name of Jesus when we understand what it means. See, that name, is, that name summons forth, it calls forth these attributes in our life when we speak it. Not just the forgiveness of sins, but it calls forth wonderful in our life. That word wonderful means this, it means that which causes awe and amazement, dreamy, super great. That which causes awe and amazement. When we use the name of Jesus, we are calling and summoning forth awesome and amazing things. We should be a people that believe in awesome and amazing things. Sometimes I think life can beat on us and we can begin to think that miracles are only to be every once in a while. That we have to deal with some things and just live with some things. But this verse of Scripture says that His name shall be called. His name will be characterized. His name will summon forth awesome things. You ever had things happen in your life that just caused you to go, how, how did that happen? That is what the name of Jesus employs. If you don't know how to solve it, if you don't know how to fix it, if you don't know how to change it, you don't have to figure it out. You can just say, Jesus to your situation, and awesome is called forth. A miracle is called forth. Not only that, it says his name shall be called counselor. That counselor means to advise, to consult, to give counsel, to devise and to plan. You ever been in a spot where you just don't know what to do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Then shut up saying what you don't know what to do and start saying Jesus' name over your situation. Start saying, Jesus, I call upon you as counselor. You give me wisdom and strength and ability. You give me the wisdom to understand what to do. And if I don't understand what to do, you devise the plan and work it out because I'm too thick-headed to figure it out myself. How I many of your, your ability to think strategically is no hindrance to God's ability to deliver you? You ain't got to be the smart, sharpest tool in the shed. 
All you got to do is know the name of Jesus calls upon the wisdom of God, the creator of the universe, the great counselor. When I don't know what to do, I can say, Jesus! And it brings his counsel onto the scene. Not only that, he says that we'd be called mighty God. That word mighty God means the strength of God. We are releasing the very strength of God when we say Jesus. I've often said that, that Jesus is the trigger that releases the power of God, the name of Jesus. If I had a gun and I pulled the trigger, I didn't have to worry about whether the trigger, I just pull it, right, and the power is released. We need to have that kind of faith that when we say Jesus, we just released his power, his creative power that created the universe, his resurrecting power that can take dead things and bring them to life, his healing power that can bring healing when we are sick and hurting in our lives, his, his power that can drive out uh, confusion and worry and despair. And then we, he says his name shall be called Everlasting Father. You know, I thought about that for a moment because how many of you need to realize that, you know, the Godhead is three in one. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But they said Jesus' name shall be called Everlasting Father. Why? Because His name employs and invokes the everlasting nature of a father. Notice it didn't just say His name shall be called Father. It said Everlasting Father. That word everlasting means never ending, in perpetuity. <laughs> Everlasting, perpetuity forever, continuing future and ancient of time past, forever of a future time of a continuous existence. So when you call upon Jesus, how many of you, how many of you ever sinned in your life, done something you just like, man, he's just done with me? When you say Jesus, it reminds the Father, not that he's forgotten. But when you say Jesus, you're saying, you are my everlasting, God is my everlasting Father because of Him, because of what He did, because He shed His blood, because I stand before the Father, not because of my ability, not because of my strength, not because of my, 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 my uh, ability to be perfect. But when I call upon Jesus, I'm also employing the fact that God will always be my Father everlasting father and then prince of peace prince means ruler leader chief chieftain official captain warden i love the word warden i've never seen that before and then that word peace means complete you know sometimes we think of peace and we think about you know what i experienced you know for maybe a couple of minutes when nobody was around sitting on the beach just listening to the waves come in peace tranquility right but that word peace means completeness, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, tranquility, and contentment. He is the warden of peace. When we say Jesus, we invoke the warden to release those things in our life. And so when we're calling upon Jesus, when he said his name shall be called Jesus to Mary and Joseph, it wasn't just a name. It was the embodiment of these things. And so I encourage you today as I shared this, this and as I was preparing this week, I really felt like the Lord just wanted to encourage you to let your faith rise. 
in the name that you call upon. Let the full meaning of what He is and what that brings into your life sweep over your life. For when we speak the name of Jesus, all of the heaven stands at attention. All of hell begins to tremble. And every natural obstacle that stands in our way has to move. Based on what Jesus said, that's the case. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 says, Call to me. Who called to who? Call to Jesus. Call to me, and I might answer you. Is that what it says? It says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That word will answer means I will make an answer and it will be conspicuous. <laughs> Some of these things, I, I've never seen this before, but he says, I will answer you. I will answer and make it conspicuous. It'll be obvious that I did it. See, I don't know about you, but as the pastor of this church even, I don't want to live my life doing things that I, we can say we did by the strength of our own hand. I'm not, I'm not belligerent and won't be willing to put my hand to anything and do it, right? I'm, uh, that's just the way my daddy raised me. But I want to be a church where it's conspicuous, it's obvious that God did what he did in our midst. And if he doesn't do it, I don't want to do it. Amen? I'll just keep on standing here preaching. We'll just stay right where we're at. And we'll just wait on him to answer because we're calling on his name. Amen. He says, I will make it conspicuous. And he said, I'll show you great things. That word great means large and loud. Large and loud. It's in the book of Acts. This thing wasn't done in a corner. God doesn't want to do things in a corner. And he says, mighty things, fortified things that cannot be shaken and that you do not know of, that to which you've never seen or perceived. See, sometimes we look at our answers based on the way he's answered in the past. You know, Moses struck the rock twice because that's the way God did it the first time. But I got to tell you, God's got ways and devices and plans you've never heard of. If you need out of a situation, just trust him to do what's necessary. If it's the same old method, let it happen. But if it's not, be open to the fact that God could do something you never have seen happen before, ever, because that's what he says he'll do, things which you've never seen, well that means if you've never seen it, you've never seen it, right, some people say, well I've never seen that happen in my life, good, he's about to do it, amen, amen, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening and we hope to see you soon.